Welcome to another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal, Marianne, and Cousin Todd. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of It Is Not About You with myself, Marianne. Hey. <clears throat> Cousin Todd, oh, the 206 Geek, and our uh, guest today, Miss Laura Ooh. Gastineau. How are you today? I'm home, and that is a good thing. And it is yeah. buckets of rain right now. Yes. <laughs> oh, is, that, is it raining over there that it's, bad? It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I was soaking wet when I first got home. Laura, are you yeah. in oh, Washington? Man. Are you in, in Washington? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's... Yeah, We've got flood yeah. warnings going all over the place. Uh, if you want to, uh, my son, but, wow, we got somebody hijacking us. Okay, uh, that was odd. Uh, we have, my son lives in, in Ellensburg, and he posted a, a picture on his Facebook. He goes, yeah, they lied about the 10 inches of snow, and he had a, a ruler, and it was 18 inches. And I'm oh, looking sure. at, yeah, I'm looking at friends that have, uh, they were posting pictures, and they go, "Yeah, that's that right there is my four-foot chain-link fence, and you could barely see the tip of the, the the fence." Wow. Well, and I can't. I've lived here a long time, and I can't remember a time where they have said on a Thursday that I ninety might not be open over the pass until Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, been easily twenty years since like, I've seen that. To shut down for a couple days, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. I remember was I think it was 2002 when we had that really heavy snowfall. I lived out in Issaquah at the time, and and I worked in Factoria, which is like two epi- two exits away. And it took me five and a half hours to get home from work because I rode the bus. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. I remember those days. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I. I was gonna say I, happy so Insurrection Day, everybody. <laughs> oh yay! No, um, I don't know that we're happy about that insurrection. <laughs> it's the first anniversary of the failed well, insurrection. You know, me about it is that when I was 18, 19 years old, I went to hear the first George Bush speak in Iowa City. Well, I was in Iowa City. We went to Des Moines, and uh, I got arrested for yelling at him while he was trying to talk because he's a dick, and I needed to yell at him while he was trying to talk, and. Uh, when I grew up a little bit and started traveling internationally, I noticed it was super easy for me to leave the country. It was really hard for me to get back in. They would like go through all my luggage, ask 6 million questions, keep me there for two, three hours, just bullshit. And I finally had an attorney say, oh, well, you get arrested for something like that. You get labeled an insurrectionist. And for years, I just carried that as a proud badge until these fuckers just <laughs> all up, you know? <laughs> like, don't lump me in with them. That is not right. You yelled at them, and these guys got a slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 call w, you call W's dad a dick, and then you get in trouble, and they break into the to this, you know. Yeah. And kill people and injure people. Yeah, so it, 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 it's weird because, like, you know, the day goes by and I'm like, oh, January 6th, okay. And, like, not one of, like, you know, not one person at my job 
mentioned it, said anything. We kind of just gave each other like this look, like we know what day it is, but we don't care. <clears throat> I mean, I kind of do, you know, I, I, I hate, because uh, I mean, a lot of people got hurt by this, you know, and when I say hurt, you know, they, I was reading like the facts about this particular, uh, like what happened. And, you know, there was saying that 140 officers who responded to the attacks were assaulted, um, according to the Justice Department. And five of those officers have since died, four, including, um, including four from suicide. So that's kind of like, you know, to have to go through that, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty shitty. Well, and a lot of those suicides were people that had worked that job for a very long time. So the level of betrayal had to have been so severe, you yeah. know, come out yeah. of that and be like, I've given my life to this job and you guys just flipped me off and let some asshole beat the shit out of me. Yeah, well, this, this more is... than that, they, they, they encouraged it. Yeah, they well, sat they by and videotaped it while the guys getting beat. Yeah. They all backtracked. And that's what's so hard to handle is that their hypocrisy is in tweets and emails and audio and video, and it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. You know, all these politicians are, I'm never going to talk to Trump again, and this is horrible. This shouldn't have ever happened. And now they're like, what? It was tourists. But what's the problem? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think, I think it's... Uh... Now, I think it's kind of dumb. I mean, I, I really do. I'm like, really? We're getting, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I was reading, you know, they were talking about, like, you know, Trump's lies about the 2020 election being rigged against him uh, through widespread fraud have gone mostly unchallenged by Republican officials who have mostly avoided talking about the Capitol invasion itself. Um, even some of the Republicans who initially blamed Trump for the riot or resigned from the administration in protest have since kept, you know, silent or renewed their support for him. And Trump was set to hold a press conference on the anniversary, but he canceled. So somebody in this camp was smart enough to be like, hey, um, probably there's a time and place, not not today and nowhere, you know, so. Right. Well, I saw this morning, um, I think her name was Stephanie Grisham, one of the last press secretaries at the White House, and she quit on the 6th she worked for melania trump and she said that the thing that pushed her over the edge was that she tweeted or she texted to melania can you just say something about how this should be non-violent and you have a right to protest just chill and she wrote back no wow and so this chick quit her job and she has started a group of former Trump administration Republicans that don't want any more of this shit. And, and they were like, well, why is your group going to, you know, accomplish anything? And she's like, because we all know his playbook. We all each yeah. know a page of his playbook and you put us all together and that's going to be a problem for him. Right. Like, so I think my thing is come to think of it. I mean, I know he's been hinting about running in uh 2024, and I'm just kind of like, bro, really? Like, and the sad thing is, like, he's going, I don't mean to sound, he's going to get votes. Let's oh, yeah, face he'll it. get votes. He, he is going to get votes. Uh, the, I mean, I, I've traveled this country, uh, you know, 
even even you know since the pandemic started and i hear people when i i hear people talk politics and they're just like i hope he i hope he runs um you hear a lot of that and i hear it in that tone i hope he runs i hope he you know greatest president in the world i hope he runs dag nabbit they um, and they also like that one guy from andy griffith right the the, the weirdo that like would like scurry along the sidewalk you know what i'm talking about right well, or Dale Dribble from King of the Hill. They all oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. You know, I hope he runs. So, um, so the thing is, like... I'm from Indiana, so, I mean, I can laugh in a personal way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it's just like, but the I think of it like, oh, my God, the balls on this guy to just, yeah. you know, because here's the thing. Now, keep in mind, like, you know, since we are talking about the 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 the, the riot and the, the invasion, like Democrats are trying to shine a light as they as much as they can on the reason this riot happened, and they're trying to blame. They're basically putting the blame on Trump. Yeah. On 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 his role during, you know, uh, basically. So, and I don't know if it's subliminal. I mean, I, I listen to this. So I'm like, hey, that sounds like you know. That sounds like tip over a car to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but there, you know, being that he is there's the, no doubt that if any one of the four of us got up on a stage in the middle of a city and started saying that shit to people, and they went and went wherever, if we told them to go to the public library and steal books, whatever, we would be held accountable. Yeah, for oh, yeah. people up and suggesting and, they go do something inciting a riot yeah oh my god I'd, I'd be lucky if i didn't make it to the jail cell i'd probably have a knee in the back of my neck or something but um <laughs> but yeah no it it, it it is pretty it is pretty messed up and then on top of that you know it's you know all of this over you know it's like okay you, you lost the election and and we all know we've talked about this numerous times uh you know during the pandemic <laughs> Because like he said, oh, if I lost, then it, it was rigged. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty smart for you to put that out there. So when, in fact, you do lose, you can put that seed in your supporter's head being like, oh, yeah, he called it. Like, well, And no, that your supporters are so stupid as to believe a twofold theory, which is, oh, the whole rest of the down ticket one. But just your portion of the ballot was fucked with. Right, right. So exactly. all the yeah, other yeah, exactly. Republicans won, except you. And so that was rigged. But everybody else, that's cool. That Keep those votes where they are, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and this riot has prompted uh, a criminal investigation by the Justice Department. Um, you know, the House had selected uh, a committee probed and legislative pushed by Democrats, all, you know, a lot of these which are ongoing. But since then, um, there's been, let's see, 725 people charged in connection with the riot. More than 325 of them were charged with felonies, including uh, many for assaulting officers or corruptly trying to obstruct Congress officials' proceedings. Um, Ten of them were charged with assaulting members of the media or destroying their equipment. And as far as the FBI goes, they're still trying to identify more than 
350 other people that believe that were believed to you know commit some kind of violence in the capital and our middle of the night bomber still don't know they got pictures of him out there you know yeah and and of course and more than 250 whom have assaulted so so it's just like i mean this is the biggest you know i think it's one of the biggest investigations um in in in, in american history as far as you know Convicted. people involved yeah well convictions people involved i mean those 725 people that's a fucking lot of people yeah. that you know mind you think of the security that the capital had i don't think they do they even have a thousand people a thousand security guards like surrounded i doubt that they had that many but then again it's like you would you would think that if you went like when you go to work you have an expectation of safety when you go there you know what i'm saying I don't think that they expected people to 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 do this. They you know what should I'm have. They should have. Like you said, you've heard those yokels saying, I sure wish he'd run, you know, and they all said, you know, give me a chance. Give me a chance to take my pick 'em up truck down there and show them. <laughs> and and they did. And it just blows me away that a Black Lives Matter protest brings out the national guard and fencing and all this crap and tear gas and then they know for days and days and days ahead of time that something's gonna happen and it really felt like they put those poor capital officers out there as fodder yeah oh my god yeah you know, there was no backup there was no plan there was no nothing and don't they train for this shit all the time i mean shouldn't there have just been a button you push and you do plan b <laughs> and there's nothing there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, I think you, you do make a great point as far as like, they should be trained for this. I mean, hell, you're security. You're supposed to be trained for, I guess, the worst case scenario, which I guess this was pretty much it, you know, like, you know, this was probably like, I mean, it's not like it, it wasn't like oh an accidental fire happened at like a certain wing and you're evacuating people. We're seeing. I mean, I I actually went back and I looked at some of the footage and some of like the 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 videos of like pe people scaling, you know, walls. You know what I'm saying? I mean, bum rushing and 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 all that. And it's just like and it's funny. I, I see the like the shaman guy who was convicted already. I think he's serving like 18 months. He got like an 18 month bid and you know he's like one of the main characters that i know there's just every time i i look i'm like oh there's the shaman guy um the guy with the uh the horns yeah yeah the, and, the and QAnon shaman well it's amazing That's how it, big he shaman. looked with the braveheart makeup and the and the hat and the fur and then you see him in real life and he just looks like this dorky you know he's just a little guy no big deal. It's like you take that costume off. There's, it's like a wet dog. You know, there's nothing there. But that's 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 normal for cosplayers, though. They don't look anything like their personas. I'm just not used to political cosplayers. Right. So. Yeah, it's 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 about the same as like the people who go dressed up, uh, like the guy the guy that goes to all the Seahawks games dressed up like the Hulk. 
And he he's how he, do you know that there's a guy who goes to the Seahawks game dressed I, up as the Hulk? Because Mr. I, I see his photo once ball. a year at least. Whenever the whenever the NFL season starts, there's photos of that guy and a two or three other people who like get up in their <laughs> their their fanboy gear where they're trying to be all like, I'm the number one fan, you know. You know what? I will give it to the QAnon shaman. If anything, if I could take anything away from this, he has given people a very interesting Halloween costume option. I will say that. Like that's I think that's what I will take away from him from his I would be afraid to wear that. I would be afraid like I would be more afraid to wear that costume because people would think that I was a Trump supporter. But or even worse, a QAnon nut. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. But you know you have some thing right now about them in Dallas, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They're still in Dallas. Like, what they're, the fuck? They're still waiting for JFK to show up. <laughs> uh, and RFK Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, on Jr. And 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 and, uh, and Michael Jackson is still alive. And um, yeah, they, they, they were talking to a woman there just a couple days ago who was saying just all this crazy shit. Man, I I wish I knew some people who actually believe this stuff because I would I would just I would give them so much misinformation that I would have so much fun with them. I'm you know, starting to think it's COVID brain. They've all had COVID, and it just fried their brain. Oh, well, but we know about MK Ultra, so we know that the government has the potential to dope a bunch of people and see what's going to happen. So when true. people start talking crazy, crazy shit, like, "Oh yeah, people we know, goddamn good and well, are dead, aren't really dead, and they're going to come back yeah. and run the government," it's like, you know, you're on something that is not. Massive illness. But, but you know what? I will say this though. Power to those that can take feeble-minded people and have them think the way. I. I let me tell you something. Oh, man. I, like I, I. I feel like I. I, I feel like if I met, if I met somebody like like if I met Trump today, like if I was walking down the street and I saw Donald Trump, I would shake his hand. I'd be like, Hey, you know what? You have done everything. As far as like that, I've always wanted to do. As far as gear shift people's thinking, like I get that's the one thing that I give them. <clears throat> if I if I if I could, he is able to get people's attention. Like I'm not gonna lie, Joe Biden. I don't think he has that. He doesn't really have that. Yeah. Oh, I think that's the one thing he doesn't that you Trump see, has over him. It's the fact that we've reached a point in politics where you have to have that. Yeah. You don't have to have that. Fuck that, that. The only but, reason but, that you have that is because Trump had a TV show and Reagan was an actor. So suddenly we've sort of put this whole, it's it's kind of like, um, would there be any, you know, fat, ugly singers if we had the internet 50 years ago? You know, would you have had uh, Christopher Cross? Voices, you know? Beautiful, amazing people that today would not be stage presentable. Yeah, Christopher you know? Cross wouldn't have a career today. It's yeah, it, it's yeah. So politics <laughs> shouldn't be about having that. It, I mean, charisma is awesome, but we also live in a world where shit's got to get done. Yeah, and I, so it can't all be about the dude or I, I think someday someone a asked, woman. Someone asked me the other day, "What is what is one positive thing you think that Trump has done?" I was like. Um, honestly, he's made, 
The one positive is that he's he's put a spotlight on all the assholes in this country. They've all oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're no oh, longer hiding. God. They're not they're not hiding behind closed doors anymore. They're they're out and proud. You know, I like better behind closed doors. Yeah, they're me too. Stupid. Put them up. Put them back. Put them, <laughs> it well, made it okay to be an asshole, and it's not it's, okay. I will say this though. Um, I, I mean, like, and my, I used to live in, I graduated from high school in Texas. I've lived in Texas half my life. I would have arguments with, you know, classmates that, you know, used to be, not that I could easily say, I've lost friends over this. You know what I'm saying? I've lost friends over me going on Facebook and expressing how I felt about how black people were treated in America. And the thing that upset me the most about it is rather than people trying to understand my point of view, which not for nothing, I, you can't be white and understand where the fuck I'm coming from. I don't expect you to, but if I'm saying this is what I'm seeing and this is what I'm angry about and you tell me to calm the fuck down. Yeah. That is like taught me. I'm never going to get it. That's it. I'm white. I'm never going to get it. Exactly. And now there's some, well, there's, it would... there's some of that that would actually, oh, you know what? I see what you're saying, and I feel what you're saying. Again, you're never gonna understand. But if you if you read what I, I mean, the, if you read and understand what I was writing, it was you know it was about how black men were getting gunned down. Um, people trying to downplay that. Well, they were criminals. I'm like, well, you didn't know that till after the fact. Yeah. You know, if you if if for some reason. And I hate to use uh, this as an example, but let's say, uh, Marianne, like you're driving down the street uh, with Romeo and all of a sudden Romeo got hit with a stray bullet because you accidentally drove into like a shootout or something like that. Well, the cop that shot Romeo, well, Romeo, and then like you find out that Romeo had like a long track record of just like tiny <laughs> checks and, and, you know, being abusive and all that. It's like, well, well, oh, well, he, was he got a killed. passenger in a car. He, he, yeah, exactly. That's who he is first. And but for the record, people... I will say again, I will say again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If anything ever happened to my Romeo, where they were to shoot my Romeo, I'd burn this bitch to the ground. Okay. They'll be, just... be making a movie called Marianne Wick, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is what they're, is what Forget doing. John but, Wick. <laughs> we're, but, but it's just like, Marianne we, we, do this, we, we do this because, uh, you know, because I feel that people find, oh, well, Kyle Rittenhouse shot a, a child molester and blah, blah, blah. No, he shot two human beings first. All that other shit afterwards, you know, yeah. uh, that shit got released so people could feel good about what he did. And, I'm, you know, yeah, not for nothing. Yeah. You know, well, what if you had a child and it was your child? Well, um, first of all, I, you can't do that to me because I don't have kids. And, um, that that has nothing to do with me. You know what I'm saying? That has complete. You can't just be. You, you're not gonna make me feel sorry for. I, again, I don't bury them under the prison for all I care. But again, there's a thing called due process. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you know what? I'll handle something like that the way that I see fit. And if it ends up me capping one, okay. That that. But that's a decision that I would have to make. And but I would never be like. You know. You don't know these people's story. Again, that the whole Romeo scenario thing. Oh well, you know he was doing these bad things, so it's okay. No, no, no. We say these things to make ourselves feel good about yeah. what somebody else did, 
and it's and it's not fair. And it's not again. I will say this on this podcast, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Cal Rittenhouse is not a hero. No. Stop doing that. Okay, he's not a fucking hero. Cal Rittenhouse would not make it in my neighborhood. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Okay, he cannot come down to Brooklyn and be like, "Hey guys, I want to stand on a soapbox and say something." He would get shot, and no one would miss him. Right. Okay, you can't do that in, in New York, in, in in Brooklyn, New York, in my neck of the woods. You, you could he couldn't do it in the Bronx. Now he might get away with it in Staten Island. He might be able to get away with that instead because Staten Island's full of Republicans anyway. A bunch, and they still hang their Trump flags out there in Staten Island. Like they still think that you know, oh yeah, he he should be our president now. He could get away with that, but the other four boroughs of this... He is still our president. (laughs) (laughs) And the South will rise again. Where is our Confederate flag, damn it? The South didn't lose. What fucking podcast did I just suddenly... What happened here? Did you guys get body snatched while I was going on my rant? (laughs) I just... just, No, but it's... But going back to my original point, yeah, I lost friends over things like this. And I'm not going to lie. It's like, okay, well, you know, I went to high school with you. If you felt this way now, most likely you felt a way about me or how I did things back when I was in high school. Like you weren't truly my friend. You know what I'm saying? Let me me tell you something about being, okay. So Indiana was black and white that was it we, i never heard anyone speaking spanish there were no chinese kids in my school it was indiana in the 80s that that was it and i thought i was the hip open-minded teenager i didn't use bad words i you know i wasn't racist all those things it took me years to understand that there was a 7-Eleven across the street and they had a service window, right? Because they didn't want all the kids coming in the store and shoplifting shit all day. So the students had to use the service window. I was a student. I would walk right in. I would shoplift shit and I would buy stuff and I would always get away with it. And it I swear to God, I mean, that was like 15, 16. I left Indiana at 17 started traveling around and then as things started coming to me it was like wow so i had no problem participating in that system where it was all black kids lined up outside because it was the assumption that the black kids are going to come in here and steal but as the white student i could just waltz right in do whatever the fuck i wanted know that they weren't looking at me to steal stuff so i was free to steal stuff you know, oh, wow. there's the coffee house where we all hung out, and the coffee house says, you know, no students allowed before 3 p.m. and except all the white kids. And they're all day smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee. But at the time, none of us would have thought that we were racist. You know, it or white it, privileged. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, and I. That's my thing. It's like, all right, everybody understands that defund the police was a bad term. Right, because it doesn't exactly explain it, and it kind of fucked things up. Somebody's yeah. got to come up with something better than white privilege, because why the fuck do I want to give up privilege? Yeah, and you know, it's like every. Don't you understand? You get better jobs, you get better everything. It's like, well, yeah, okay. So now, why do I want to give that up? 
Right. Like, and uh-huh. I agree. I think it's a, it's a really neg. It's not a neg. It's it's a truthful word, but it comes across very negatively for people who don't understand. They don't want to stop and and look beyond that terminology to see where it actually where it boils down to where they do have that privilege. You've got your poor white trash who do not comprehend how anybody could have it worse than them. Right. Right. And, and, and that's, and unfortunately that all becomes a semantic argument of using the word privilege. Right. And I've been that white trash. Trust me. Yeah, me too. Like (laughs) I've had that poor white trash where it was, you know, and, and for people I can understand and I can sympathize where where they're where they're coming from when they're saying, you know, don't tell me I've had to work my whole life. I've had to work for everything. I've had to scramble. And yeah, we have. That's not the point. The point is is that we've had advantages that people of color don't have. They never had. It's still easier for the white person to get the job at seven yeah. eleven than the black person. Of Even course. though we're just talking about a job at seven eleven. Exactly. Right. And the thing is, is that we we've had to struggle, but it didn't lessen our struggles. Saying that I have white privilege doesn't lessen my struggles. And that's just it. They think that they hear the white privilege privilege. It takes away from everything that they've done, their struggles and everything that they've had to accomplish. That's not the case. That is not it at all, because it's not saying that you're less than, you know, you're it's saying that I I've talked about to me and I've, I've, it's been a while, but one of the things that I use to describe white privilege is as a mother, as a mother of two white sons, I have never ever had to have a conversation with my sons who've had involvements with the law. I have never had to have a conversation with them on how to behave so that they don't get shot. Yeah. That period. That's, White privilege right there in a nutshell. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of that coin, I, my mother, has had that conversation with me um, numerous times, me and my brother, numerous right. times. Hey, you know, uh, I remember the first time I got stopped by a, uh, an officer walking around my neighborhood, uh, and I did not know, because I was a kid, I did not know how to comply you know, officer asked me what my name was. I was like, I'm not telling you that. He asked me where I was living, where I lived. I was like, I'm not telling you that either. Mm-hmm. Because as far as I'm concerned, even though, you know, I see the badge and you're driving around and, you know, the police car, I don't know you. Why are you stopping me even though I haven't done anything wrong? And this officer had the nerve to tell me that, well, there have been a series of burglaries going on in this area. Interesting. And... Meanwhile, what I'm doing was I was going door to door collecting donations because I had qualified for a track meet, uh, a, a nationals track meet, and I was trying to raise funds. Me and my other you know, runners that made it were trying to collect funds so we could be able to drive from the Gulf Coast of Texas to Orlando, Florida, because that's what was held. And this guy stopped me. This cop stopped me. Um, his partner was watching him as he frisked me, handcuffed me, broke my watch that I got for my birthday that year, and had thrown me in a cell. Only because, and, and the charge was failure to identify, which I didn't even know was even a thing. So, um, and, and, I, and I ended up, you know, I, I went, I was in the police station in a jail cell 
because you know a 15 year old 15 years old you know what i mean because of oh there were and mind you it's a town of 5000 people and for the most part i want to say 80% of the people know who the fuck i was they know me i i wasn't a, a troublemaker i you know i wasn't a bad kid you know what i'm saying i was an athlete you know what i'm saying i, I was a fucking athlete I mean, I was in the newspaper like every other week, you know, because of, so it's like if if you saw me walking down the street and you knew who I was, you oh, Jamal Harrington, good kid. I don't have to worry about him. But this cop stopped me. Mind you, I went to school. I went to school with his kids in that town. His, if he was to ask his kid who I was, he'd be able to. Oh, yeah. He's a track star, good guy, you know, um, on the football team, cross country and all that. You know, he's a, he's a good guy, you know. But the father, who was a cop and who had previously stopped my mother for speeding and gave her a ticket, when my mom came down to the station, she was very livid. Why is my son in a fucking jail cell? And my mom had recognized the cop that arrested me. She was like, I know you. And he denied ever meeting my mother. She was like, you gave me a ticket two weeks ago. How, you know, like, I, how do you forget that you gave a black woman, which there's not that many in that town that we lived in, the fucking ticket outside of town? My mom was like, I still have the receipt. I still, you know, <laughs> like, I could show it to you. It has your fucking name on it. You know what I'm saying? So, it, and it was one of those things where it got so, my mom, like, cussed out this officer she was why are you locking up a 15 year old because he didn't answer your question and you stopped him for no reason he's he wasn't doing any, i know my son wasn't doing anything wrong because he told me where he was going and what he was doing and then the officer was like well you know what nobody talks to me like that your son stays in here we're gonna charge him we're gonna give him a court date wow yeah and, and, and so it since then it was one of those things that I've learned that, okay, some cops, some, who am I kidding, are complete dickheads. Yeah, well, they're power hungry. And yeah. they, they are. Because and I have mouthed off to so many cops without it being a second yep. thought. Me too. Me too. Me you too. Know? I was and just like, thinking about you know, who the last fuck time do I did you that. think you're talking to? And definitely without uh, thinking, oh, I'm going to get arrested for this. Or, yeah. oh, this is going to end poorly for me yeah, now you know now the, now the no. thing is you know thinking back on that day like, i remember like it was yesterday you know again i was trying to protect myself from this cop who i didn't really recognize who i did not know but i mean when when i saw the the badge i'm just the first time oh i, I go to school with a guy who spells his last name the exact same way so i'm assuming in my mind oh you know you're so-and-so's father you know and then the, the weird thing is after, of course, town of 5,000 people, word got out, you know, the son was so embarrassed because I had a class with him and he was like, hey, I heard what my dad did and I am so sorry. And it was just one of those things where I was so mad, but I could be mad at him because I'm just like, well, if hopefully you're nothing like your father. And, and, I, and I don't think he is. But it's like, your dad has basically, like, stripped me of my dignity in yeah. the middle of the day. Just and, and I told him, I was like, yeah. you could tell your dad, 
this is what I'm telling you. Well, Your father stripped what it was me like of to my have dignity. that asshole as a dad. I mean, good God, at least the kid was like smart enough at 15, 16 to be able to apologize to you and realize yeah, his right. dad was a fucking dick, which means he probably grew up in a house with that kind of bullshit thrown at him all the time. And it was probably not only an apology, but a moment of reaching out of like, dude, I, yeah. I get how bad he can be, you know? But but the funny thing about that is it, it kind of put a fracture to, I mean, again, we weren't like super friends or anything like that. We were cordial, you know, in passing, hey, what's going on or whatever. And, um, but at the same time, it was just one of those things where it was just like, yeah, this, it's awkward now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird, like his girlfriend, is in my graduating class. And, you know, she even was like, wow, that, that, that's, you know, I just heard what, you know, I just heard what had happened and, you know, it, it got out. Like, you know, I wasn't embarrassed or anything like that. You know, I had a court date. I knew the, ju the judge knew who I was. And the judge was like, hey, you know, you don't have to come to court. You know, it was like August 8th was like the day I had to go to court. You don't have to come to court, um, just, you know, ne hey, next time an officer, you know, is failure to identify is actually a thing. I'm like, all right. And next time an officer asks you who you are, just answer and you could avoid these kind of like uncomfortable yeah. situations. So it was like, you know, identify as a minor. I didn't, again, I did not know. I could see them saying produce some ID. And I know states, each, every state is different in how they handle, you know, that but i i would that's fucked up that's fucked yeah, up yeah no it is it is and that, i mean it was my first time ever in a jail cell um and i'm just like wow i kind of felt like i was in a western you know what i'm saying like just me sitting there just by myself mind you i'm not in i'm not in the cell with anybody else so i'm just like oh <laughs> this must be a slow crime day for you guys that's why i'm in here so I'm just or you're, you know you, you were the one black <clears throat> kid in, in in the town that was the one they caught I would have been like, yo, at least throw me the drug tank, make this interesting, you know what I mean? But no, they just threw me in a cell, and You're it was like, just like, yeah, I want to start like, a fight club, put me in a different room, please. You know, and uh, it, it was just, and, and again, at 15 years old, it, it was just one of the most, you know, so, so you know, since then, you know, my mother, you know, she would, I mean, she would have to, you know, be careful with the cop. Nowadays, it's like, fuck, if I was to do what I did oh, yeah. to the cop today, I would probably have had that, like, fucking baton. Like, I would probably meet the business end of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what are you talking oh, Like, you know, like, hey, boy, you know, kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is going to, this is going to turn out to be every racist movie I've ever seen. And it's just like, what, what do we learn from here? You know what I'm saying? So right. it's, um, but I think in today's time, no, if I was a 15 year old boy walking down the street, you know, I would have probably been, I don't know, Trayvon Martin even who knows. Yeah. But at the same time, as you know, like you were just saying, Marianne, you didn't have to tell your two sons about nope. what to do in a situation with the police. But as a black man, I feel like no matter you know who I date, I would have to tell my kids, Hey, yes, Yes, you you're would. half and, you're half black and half something else. The yeah. cop's not gonna see that something else. He's gonna see a black yeah. man and a black woman. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You might have. I mean, if I date, if I marry an Asian girl or whatever, you might have slanted eyes. They're not gonna see that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
you you might have olive skin, they're not gonna see the olive side of your skin. They're gonna see the black, you know, you might be fair skinned with an afro. They're gonna see that afro, because that afro's fucking threatening. So that's what they're gonna see. They're not gonna see you the- You can hide you know, things in side. there. I got yeah. arrested once when I had dreadlocks <laughs> and they sat there and pushed a pencil through each of my dreadlocks to see if I had something in there. Oh, I've seen that at the airport. I've seen them do that. At it was unfucking believable. I do, do the, people actually first... hide stuff in their hair? Is that really yeah. a thing? Yeah, I've actually. I, I guess so. I had my hair in a barrette, and they made me take the bread out because they wanted to make sure I wasn't hiding something under. Because I have a lot of hair, or I did back, you know, still uh, years ago here. before menopause. I've but... seen at the TSA, and the first time I saw this, I was in line. And I laugh. I, I I couldn't stop laughing because I'm just like, wow, are you fucking serious? This guy is trying to. He had a big ass afro. I was so jealous. First of all, he had a very noticeable afro. And the first thing that came to mind was, how's he? He's gonna attempt to get that afro in that whole, you know, that machine. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and it was like he had to like kind of close his afro in a little bit and like go inside and then turn around. But they 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 scan him and then they. They were like they, they put him aside and I was like dude oh he probably had something in his pocket they brought in a guy with gloves and he, oh my god I they patted his hair down and this all you heard was me going what the fuck and I started laughing my ass dude. off and let me tell you something I caught I, I, I walked through and I was like do they do this to you all the time when you travel and he says my brother it never fails i'm like why don't you just wear a hat or something he was like don't get me wrong the afro was beautiful i mean it was a beautiful 360 degree app he kind of reminded me of that guy um and i and i hate like you reminded me of the black guy from enter the dragon yeah uh, something williams yeah but it was bigger than that you know what i'm saying so you know, I'm thinking, okay, at some p part of that has to be like a wig. Like he takes it off and then there's like a smaller afro. No, it was all his hair. They fucking grabbed the dude and he they running his finger. Mind you, here's the thing that even tripped me out. They couldn't even get a black dude to put their fingers through his. They got some short ass white dude and be like, okay, sir, I'm going to need you to bend over. I would have been like, nope. You need to get me a brother or something darker than you, uh, dude. No, you, you need, you you need a step stool. <laughs> you need a kitty. They, you need a booster chair so you can touch my head. <laughs> they fought the. And the funny thing about it is, I'm like, this guy is going to fuck this situation up. He's he's like, okay, sir. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna need you to bend over, uh, and I'm just gonna run my fingers through your hair, you know, just to make. The guy could have bent his hair over and. If, if it, things could have fell out, could this guy be possibly... This guy, we're going to L.A. I don't think he's going to try to blow up a fucking... He wants to end up in L.A. What the fuck is going to be in his hair that, like, you... What, you're going to shake his hair and the pistol's going to fall out? Like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. No, that afro was so perfect. The only thing you could probably hide in there would probably be a, a, a afro. A sharpie. Like, you would have, like... 
Well, even that, like he was to bend his head down and a ruler fell out and <laughs> Sharpie fell out and, and Afro picks that he had lost or forgot that was in his hair fell out. Afro um, pick he I, lost in 75. Like, hey, <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? That's, that's a valid reason for them to search you. But number one, you got a white dude to embarrass the shit out of this black guy. I was embarrassed for him. Mind you, I was bald headed at the time. I was like, motherfucker. Let well, me have your hair. If you've already gone through the screening, then they had to have either seen something or they were just fucking with him. Didn't didn't they do something like that in one of the Keaton Ivory Wayans movies from like the 80s? They were hiding shit in like, their fro? Like pulling like stuff out of the Like I'm gonna get you sucker or something? Yeah. I, I think I remember seeing a movie where a guy had a gigantic fro and he was pulling shit out of it because, you know... I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The afro was so big, you could have probably pulled a bazooka out of it. It was a very big ass afro. And again, I was jealous of it. I'm like, man, I want to meet your parents and see what the fuck was going on that you had this afro. I mean, Dude, it was. I, I, I mean, I, and I'm not, and I wish I could say I was exact. It's fucking huge. I, I just, and, I, I remember the first time I saw Kaepernick's afro, and that thing is huge. He, I mean, you, you, he, he had to like squat down to walk through doorways. Because it was, it, in the photos, it looks like it's like two and a half to three three foot wide fro. <laughs> you know, it's massive. 18 inches yeah. at least. But uh, I could, I think I could, I could honestly say that was, that was by far one of the biggest afros I saw because, it, I mean, his hair was, it even kind of like covered like his eye, like this part of his face. Like it was big and but, came it, down a little bit. It came and, and it covered, covered his, his forehead. Oh yeah, wow! It covered, it covered all of his forehead. Jesus! So the fact that again, you know, this guy, and and again, they're they're patting it down, and they're like the the afro, it, it went down, and then like, you know, you could see like it's slowly coming back up where his hand was, and oh, wow! You know, see, I can see he's like twenty people back in line, right? And me and the other dude I'm working with, they're like. Dude, I wonder what that thing feels like. I, I mean, like, like I wonder if you just grab his head, like what it feels like. And so by the time he's made it up to the front, he's already nailed just because but, but people want to one, that. Black people don't like their hair being touched. Exactly. I mean, go, go ahead. Go on any kind of public transportation and be like, ask him, hey, can I touch your hair? Oh, my God. First of all, thank you for asking. Second of all, are you fucking out of your mind? Like, no. <laughs> Is that why you no. shave your head so people don't ask to touch your hair? Man, my niece still runs her fingers through what's left of this. She's just like, oh, I like this, uncle. Oh, I I'm hate just... it when Romeo cuts his hair because his hair, he has to have his hair like almost non-existent. And when he starts letting it grow out just a little bit, I'm like, it's finally at the point where I can kind of, I, I want to say run my fingers through, but, you know, I can like kind of work my fingers and just fill his and he's like, oh my god, my hair's so long, I have to go cut it all off. Dude, it looks you know, like he has like a 5 o'clock shadow over, over his entire head. I know, and that's because he sh he shaves, he, he, he cuts his hair all the way off all the time, and it makes me crazy. I'm like, let it freaking grow, you're not in the military anymore. You know, it's, it's funny, speaking of like TSA, you know whenever like a woman needs to be frisked, who do they bring to frisk her? A woman, uh, a another woman, a female right? Officer, you ain't, yeah. You're not gonna bring a guy and be like, "All right, I'm gonna need you to put your chest out. I'm gonna make sure you're not smuggling anything in your bra." Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna have some. I'm guy using the that. back of my hand, ma'am. I am not oh, groping your God. breasts. 
I yeah. fucking hate. Let me tell you something. I used to have respect for the TSA. When I saw something like I that and do that crazy, I'm just like, oh God, no. You, no. you guys, I don't know. I don't know who's always there. just been Kabuki theater. It's been it's been a bullshit <laughs> little entertainment thing that you go through to give you this false sense of security that was taken yeah. away yeah. at 9/11. That's it. Because, yeah. you know, seriously, one dude with a shoe bomb and we rearranged all this shit, but you can come up with the laundry list of we aren't dealing with overdoses. We aren't dealing with gun deaths. I mean, like all of the things that killed hundreds of thousands of people. We don't even want to yeah. talk about that. But you, you have to take exactly. your you have to take your stinky shoes off before you get on a plane. Too. Yeah. So now y'all, you know, have to go through the X-ray and let me touch your hair and all that shit. Yeah, no, it's I mean, bullshit. I I fly a lot, and sometimes when I'm packing, I'm just like, and then I'm like, dress. I don't dress up to go to the airport first of all, but it's like I'm like I want to look as bumish as possible. <laughs> I, no, I do. It's like, oh. like I'm just like I'm gonna throw on some shorts. I'm gonna throw on a t-shirt, and I'm just gonna wear my sneakers. Now, I I wish I owned like, like I don't like Crocs, but I see people in the airport with Crocs, and I'm like, okay, I get that. You know, I get that you get to slip them off, throw them in the fucking tray. You don't have to tie your shoelaces and hey, sit down hey, and get hey, all your shit hey, back. Don't talk shit about Croc owners, fucker. <laughs> See, but no, yeah, but yeah. that's the bright side of having Crocs. When you go I'm to the kidding. airport, it's you slip it off and that's it. I'm just like, fuck, I gotta take these Adidas's off that I go hey, jogging in. The other thing is, Crocs are super comfy. From your lips to God's ears, are they really comfy? Or are you just being sarcastic? No, I'm being fucking serious. I I can stand in them all day, and I don't. And I, my fit, no, feet don't like, get tired. When, when I'm at the airport and I stand in that long line of just poor bastards trying to make their flight and not miss it, I look at what people are wearing. I'm like, wow, you're gonna be able to go through fucking the checkpoint really fast because you sharp in flip flops. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I I can't flip do flip flops. See, but and, I have know, a friend or, who was a flight attendant, and, and she would get like I used to be able to get buddy passes before 9/11, and I could fly places for free all over the country. But you had to follow the dress code because you were a guest of the airline, right. you know, so no flip flops, no bullshit, no tank tops, you know. And then I learned that when you dress well, even if you're just buying your regular coach seat, your chances of getting bumped up are much better because they want people in business and first class who look nice, not people in flip flops and with a pair of shorts. So there is definitely is a bias. There's a bias to dressing and where, you know, if they've got an extra seat and you ask for an upgrade, yeah, you definitely, <laughs> you dress well, they treat you better than that when makes you show sense. up. What that does make sense. So, so what she's saying, Jamala, is you need to start dressing in your finest clothes when you're, when you're traveling. Do that. Yeah, you know, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to sit next to other douchebags in first class. Um, of course. Exactly. First class is awesome, dude. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, leg room is no. amazing. Okay, oh. so I, I once flew from Austin to Houston, and that's not that's like a 45-minute flight. At, not even, at best, 45-minute flight. And I did the first class upgrade. Me, some... Uh, and I sat next to this guy who was going to to LA, and he was a video game designer. And he, and he that was his first time in first class. He was like, "Wow, this is 
this is, he's like, this is amazing. Like, look at all this leg room. And I'm like, first time in first class. And he was like, yeah. I was like, me too. He was like, you know what we should do? And I'm like, uh-oh, white guy trying to tell me what he thinks is fun. He was like, we should get pillows and drink as much beer as we can. And you're I like, was like, that is I'm in. <laughs> he was like, he was like, because they're free, right? I'm like, let's find out. Flight attendant comes by. Would you guys like a drink? I'm like, yes, I would like a Heineken. He had a Heineken. In the 45 minutes we were on that flight, we had six Heinekens each. Oh six. My God. And we were, we did not walk out the plane. We <laughs> he had a connecting flight. I had a connecting flight. And we had to, and mind you, we were only two rows away from the door. And so we're drinking, we're eating, they're bringing us food. We're like, wow. I'm like, 45 minutes. We got to make this shit work. And my the, the beers were free. <laughs> I got anything that I wanted. I was like, ma'am, can I get a blanket? And she gave me a blanket. I didn't fucking need the blanket. <laughs> I didn't need a blanket. I'm just like, I wanted to see if she gave me a blanket. I'm like, yo, what else could we get? You know what I'm saying? And they didn't make That's a hilarious. meal because the the flight wasn't long enough for like a meal, but we did have like like a cheese platter, which was I'm just like, we got a free cheese platter out of it. You know, With it wasn't like blood. that too. Uh, oh my god. And, and and you know what? Thank you, United Airlines. Um it, it was the best. And when I got to my connecting flight, I went up. I went up there. I'm like, "Hey, how much is it to upgrade?" And the lady was like, "Oh, hundred and fifty dollars," because I was sitting in like twenty four F, and I'm like, "Damn!" Uh, and I, so I'm like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna do that." I, I, the 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 upgrade from Austin to Houston only cost me forty bucks. Oh wow. And I, I just like a slob. <laughs> so for me, I, uh, the last time I went back home to Ireland to go see the family, um, they had overbooked the plane in Copenhagen. And so the international, we got to the, from, we, we flew out of Ireland and, and landed in Copenhagen and they were trying to get people to give up their seats and they would put you up in a hotel room. Plus, they would give you uh, transportation to and from the hotel. Plus, they would give you a dinner and breakfast voucher. Plus, an $800 travel voucher for use at a later time. So, needless to say, uh, we took the freaking um, up, you know, like we got our, our seats bumped. And they bumped us up from regular class to, biz to first class. So, the nice. trip from Copenhagen back to Seattle was in first class. And... That was my first time too, and it's and at that point it was like a nine-hour flight, so yeah, that was very very nice. International mm. first class is yeah. the shit. Oh, it was <laughs> amazing. So, but yeah. you know, you know, you don't belong in first class when the stewardess looks at you. Like I had our steward; he was probably about eighty. This old uh, grizzled white dude, like a little skeleton, and and at this point, my mom and I decided to watch some freaking Nicole Kidman movie. I don't know where, you know, she, it was a scary movie, and so we had our little tiny like like DVD players, and we were watching it together. Ooh, and they feed the shit out of you, huh? It, it could be called like. Yeah, it's probably that. Okay, never. Yeah. Sorry, I was they excited. feed the shit out of you in first class, and. We were sitting there, and just as there was that part, it was that little girl that goes, "But I am your daughter, mommy." And you know, yeah, that, it's she's that old, yeah. And so we were, and just then, 
is when I saw this old wriggly ass white arm go in front of me and I screamed and woke up everybody in first class. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> and, then, and then I was laughing my ass off because it was hilarious. So, you know. Yeah, it sounds hilarious. Actually. Back back in October of last year, I went to, to Disneyland for a couple days. We flew, we flew uh, first class on that airline. But it wasn't anything like the first class you see in movies where, you know, you have the captain's chair and all that. It was, <laughs> yeah, it's never like that, right? At least not in the size of plane we were on. We were the, the, the first class we were was basically the first two rows of, of seats in the, in the plane. And it just gave you an extra, an extra foot and a half of, of leg room. And that was it. Which is a lot. Which is a lot. But, yeah, no, for us, for us, when we were doing the international – our seats turned into a bed and we had they gave us um the mask to cover our eyes and we had the nice little booted socks and blankets and loads of food and we had our own bathroom up there and our you know our own flight attendant for like the 10 of us that was up there yeah we were spoiled actually i think there was two flight attendants for us but yeah it was and so it was funny because when i come home you guys were talking about the TSA stuff. I got home and again, I wasn't, tra I was traveling a long distance. Uh, at that point it was when my sister and I had gone over to, back to, uh, to Ireland and we were getting up. Uh, we had to get up early in the morning to take the rental car. We, from our family home in Avoca, uh, Wicklow, Ireland to Dublin, Ireland. And so it was like an hour and a half, two hour drive. So then we drove, then we had to take a flight from there to Copenhagen, then from Copenhagen to Seattle. So it was a it was a long day of traveling. At this point, I had been traveling for 18 hours. And at the time, I was still a smoker. And all I wanted to do was get off the plane, go outside, have a cigarette, and see my children. In that order. <laughs> like, seriously, I wanted the cigarette first. Right. And I knew my kids were coming. But my – and I – I, I might, I'm not going to admit to any criminal activity, but I, I may have had something in my suitcase that I may not have supposed to have had in my suitcase. Like, so I was very excited. In Ireland, they have what's called an Irish fry. And what an Irish fry consists of is it's rashers, which is like a bacon, but the bacon itself is, it's almost like um, a ham, but it's made out of bacon, right? So it's called rashers and, and white, pudding and the white pudding you could only get i've not been able to find it higher in the states it's a it's a type of sausage and so i had i'd bought a bunch of this stuff and put it in the freezer and then put it in my suitcase because i knew it was frozen it wouldn't be able to make the trip home and i could make an irish fry when i got home from my kids and i was very excited about this but i put the the meats in the top zipper part of my suitcase hoping you know nobody's going to notice that it's frozen and freezing cold you know but we we made it home and as they made us go through security to leave the airport right we had to go through security to leave the airport because it was international and that's and you know i'm coming home i and the guy looks at me as we're going through my sister breezes through and then I go behind, and this dude, this asshole looks at me, and he goes, so uh, what was the trip of your, what was the purpose of your visit? And 
and I said, I was for, for pleasure. And he goes, and what do you do? I said, excuse me? He goes, what do you do? Do you know, do you have a job? Do you work? Are you a housewife? And, and oh I was God. like, oh, yeah. And Steph, don't touch my meat. <laughs> so fucking condescending. And I looked at him and I said, I understood the question. I do not, however, understand the pertinence of it. He goes, you don't have to if you don't want to answer. And I said, fine. I choose not to answer. He goes, good. Customs. And I'm like, fuck. Because <laughs> I knew they were going to find my freaking Irish fry. <laughs> I was so mad. And they'd already, lo- okay, I'm already pissed off. I-, I forgot to add that they had, I was the first person off the plane. I was the first person off the plane. All the luggage came out. Everybody grabbed their luggage. My luggage still wasn't there. I waited forever. I thought that they had lost my luggage with my Irish fry. So I'm freaking out. They finally, uh, two hours later, I get my suitcase. So now I'm really stressed out. So now they're ten, tell, telling me that I have to go over to customs. And I'm like, God damn it, I'm going to lose my Irish fry. And I go over to customs. And the guy runs his hand over the top of my suitcase, over the top of my frozen meat. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, he's going to find it. And he unzips the suitcase, and it thunks on the counter. And it should not have thunked, you know, because it was just a thin. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, he's going to open it. There goes my Irish fry. And he looks at me, and he goes, do you have any food? And I said, do you mean, like, candy and stuff? (laughs) And stuff? And he's like, yes. And I and he found my candy that I had brought home. It was some special candy that I brought home from, from the village and stuff from, from my vamp family's village to take to my mom. And he found the, the candy, so he never went. And I just didn't, I just failed to declare the other stuff. And so he's like, okay, you're good. Go ahead and leave. So now I'm happily leaving the airport. Finally, I'm dying for a smoke. I haven't smoked in fucking 20 hours. I'm ready to kill somebody. I had to go through all that bullshit. And so then they make you go through security. And as I'm walking through, I beeped. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? These are the same fucking shoes that I wore into the airport that didn't fucking beep when I went to, when I left here to go to Ireland, when I was in Ireland. Nowhere else did these fucking shoes beep, but they're beeping here. And the lady's like, you're going to have to get scanned, wanded. And I'm standing and I'm flopping my arms and I'm like, I don't understand. And she looks at me, she goes, ma'am, you don't calm down. We're going to have to start all over. And I looked at her, I said, lady, I will strip fuck naked right here, right now. Get me out of this fucking airport. And I started undoing my pants and dropping my pants. I was so mad. <sighs> she wanted me so fast. She said, you're fine. You go. And I <laughs> took, I picked up my shoes and I stormed off in my stocking feet. I'm like, just get me out of this fucking airport. Let me smoke. <laughs> so Moral of the story: There should have been a smoking, the smoking room at the at SeaTac, or you know, in my case, just quit smoking. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've been a non-smoker now for five years. So don't anybody give me That's hate now. Yay! Thank you. Thirty-one years a smoker. I've been a non-smoker now for five years. So that's okay. I've got I've got twenty-three more years before I can start smoking again. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, no, we we made a pact. So oh, I, I decided, know. I decided that um, I was a non, I was a smoker for thirty one years. So now I have to 
wait until I've been a non-smoker for 33 years so that I can start smoking again. And then I'll be, I'll be 85. And so by the time I'm 85, I'm like, fuck it. Let's do all the drugs too while we're at it. Let's smoke some meth. Let's smoke some weed. Let's smoke some crack. I don't care. Let's, let's do okay. all the drugs. I want to die tonight. Do... Let's try, let's try crack. Right? I'm going to do all the, not tonight. I'm going to tell the you the same thing somebody told me when I suggested that. They were like, you will die that very moment. Yes. Because your heart's not going to be strong yes. enough to handle the It'll effects. Of, yeah. They're like, no, if that's the case, um, it's over. Like, let me take your photo because it's going to be your last known photo and it's game over. Yep. It's game fucking over. Yep. I figure, you know what? By the time I'm 85, who cares? Right? And yeah. We're going to do all that. Your great grandkids will care. Dennis Leary said it best. Those are the years you don't even want. Okay. Yeah, so you don't want those years. Yeah. Except for he quit smoking and doesn't drink anymore. Well, yeah, you know, hey, you still have to wait till you get to those years. It doesn't mean that, you know, you don't want those years. Like, look, I'm at the point I quit drinking. I quit smoking. I want those years. I'm going to actually, you know, start working out. I still you know, I do my exercise and working out. I'm trying to eat better and all that shit. Because the older I get, I realize that my horrible lifestyle has a negative impact. Like, oh, my God. You know yeah, why I quit drinking? Some... Yeah. Because it, it was not fun anymore. And it, I was sick. All the, I felt sick. I had heartburn, like god-awful heartburn that I would wake up in the middle of the night and have to eat Tums to be able to go back to sleep because oh, I was so miserable. Now, oh, I can eat jalapenos at midnight and go to sleep and sleep all night long and not wake up. I can eat hot sauce. I can eat spaghetti sauce. I can eat all the sauces that tear up your stomach. They don't bother me because I don't drink anymore. So I traded I traded that negative pain for, for non-pain. And you know what the, the drawback is? I fucking eat more because I'm not in pain. I, so. I, I pretty much did the same thing you did, Marianne. Uh, since what is it? Since uh, New Year's Day, I have not had bread, rice, beer, alcohol of any kind. Um, I've been getting headaches. Um, and I don't, I, I, I didn't know why until I, 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 mean, I my friend was like, oh, you should probably drink water. And I'm like, that's probably, it's this damn diet. My body wants gluten. My body wants carbs. And they're like, wait, you, you gave it up cold turkey? I'm like, yeah. They're like, wow, yeah. expect more headaches. Um, because that's your body just trying, I'm like, I'm trying to like fight off these withdrawals because, you know, um, and, and the thing is like, yes, I miss drinking. Like one of my coworkers was like, man, I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to have, I got a wine cellar. I'm going to, I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, like, um, like, like, I get it. You're going to have a much better evening than I am. Um, not to say that tonight I'm not having fun, but I'm just saying like, usually I'm, I'm, I'm drinking club soda. Um, I, I'm usually have like a nice little wine or I'm drinking. I, this is me coherent now. I'm yeah, coherent. Yeah. Like I'm going to remember this podcast tomorrow. Um, right. So, it, so wait, you've been drunk every other episode. <laughs> drunk is probably not the word I would use, but sober exceeding exceedingly intoxicated. It depends. Have you not had that conversation? Like Todd, have you not? Been, this is how because Todd doesn't really drink, I don't, so Todd, yeah. Todd doesn't pay attention. You can see as we progress where we lose. Okay, Jabal's getting a little derailed. 
Okay, <laughs> Jamal. Jamal's been drinking more tonight than he normally does. Jamal's very derailed. Okay, let's bring him back in, wrangle him in. But you know yeah. what? It, and it's it's uh, and Todd's got ADHD so bad anyway. So oh, for dude. him, yeah. So like, I'm, I'm not going to recognize. I'm not going to recognize his because his is different than mine. Right, right. And, and so it's just what? been. But it's uh, tell me, since New Year's Day. Jamal, it's been since New Year's that you quit drinking? Yeah, it's been since New Year's. And don't say the word quit, just to say pause. No, 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 no. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I realized that after the words came out. Because for me, I'm one of those kind of people, I never tell myself I can't do something, right? And the reason why is because I'm so obstinate. But bitch, don't you tell me what I can do. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's right. me, tell me. I'm not, don't fucking tell me I can't smoke. Really? I'm gonna hmm. smoke if I And so. For me, the the way for me to to be able to quit smoking was to allow myself that out to be able to sm- start smoking again, but but not tell I'd been a non-smoker for longer than I was a smoker, yeah. and I'll be able to smoke again. So then you know, and and so it's not and that like when I start getting all like prickly about don't tell me what I can't do. I I want to smoke. Don't tell me I can't. Well, you can, just not now. You gotta wait, you know, a few more years. And I was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool. I I just remember I was talking to someone the other day, and they were saying how they remembered back when uh, the cost of a carton was what it costs today for a pack. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's I, I, I made fun of a guy in Safeway a couple of years ago because he was buying cigarettes in front of me. He was way younger than me. And I was like, dude, for that amount of money, you can buy a bag of dope. Like, like why, why would you smoke cigarettes that cost as much as pot? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah. makes no sense. You know, well, and the thing is, is that, uh, like so the, I, expensive I didn't have hobby. to. I didn't have to, but I did. I bought a, I bought, somebody asked me and I bought a pack of cigarettes. It was my sister asked me to buy a pack of cigarettes for her. She paid for it, but. And I, I hate even buying cigarettes for anybody else because it just it pisses me off. But um, I so I I was like, fuck me, are you kidding? It's over ten dollars a pack. Ten dollars? Are you effing kidding me? What? Who the hell is spending that kind of money for cigarettes? <laughs> for something so to what, kill you? Carton? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I used to go to high school. I would get $2 a day for lunch. That was an 80 cent pack of camels and a dollar cup of coffee. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Yeah. 80 cents for a, a pack of camels? For a yep. pack? Yeah. How old are you? 51. Oh, you're my age. You're younger than I am. So, yeah, I spent. Well. Where are you from, too? Because I mean, I, I was from Indiana. Yeah, over here, southeast. Yeah. It gets real cheap. Yeah. Well, what I I lived in Utah for a little bit, and yeah, they had cheap ass cigarettes too. There, I was so shocked. Their cigarettes were really super cheap, but not very many people smoked. Like in 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 uh, St. George, Utah, nobody smokes underage because if you do, that was what was crazy. I remember because I moved from Seattle. Or uh, like uh, up in the east, not Seattle, but I was up in Eastern Washington, and I moved to St. George, Utah, and my little sister and I were sitting, you know, and a friend. We were out in, on the town, and 
we were sitting on a bench and I was about to light up a cigarette. My sister freaked out and she's like, put it away, put it away, a cop's coming. There's a cop across the street. And I was like, what? And she goes, hide it. And I put it under my leg because I hadn't lit it yet. And the cop comes over and he started grilling us. And thank God I didn't have to get up because he would have found it. But then I find out later that if you get caught smoking, or if you say the cop says that you were smoking and you say, no, I wasn't, and you take it to court and you get, you get, uh, it was at the time it was 30 hours community service. But if you fought it and lost, it was 150 hours community service for smoking. Whoa. Yeah. They, and, and they don't play around because the Mormons down there, they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't do caffeine, they don't do that unless they're out of town and don't have any other Mormons around watching them. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I remember. That's really I remember growing up hearing that uh, that they couldn't drink caffeine, but somebody, uh, a member of the Mormon Church, was the the owner of PepsiCo. Yeah, they own Coca Cola. I think the the Latter Day Saints bought. So now they can drink that. It's okay to drink that now. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But you know, I mean, it was weird because when you were in, you know, going to school there. Um, there was the stoners and the smokers hung out together and, you know, and the cowboys hung out together. And then the preppies hung out on their own side and the church people. And it was so weird because I used to, I would walk it through and I would hear people like, Oh my heck, you talk funny. <laughs> like I talk funny. Have you heard yourself lately? Like it's, it was just so crazy. It was so wild. I mean, yeah, it was it was, but we had a we had a smoking section. We had our own little smoking section. We'd go hide out behind the jan. The janitor had a house on, on the school property, and we'd go hang out behind his house by a tree, and we'd all go out there and smoke. And then once in a blue moon, like if a cop would come, we'd all ditch. You know, we'd go running. But it was like sagebrush and dirt back there, so rarely did the cops ever come out. It was it was fun times, long yeah. time ago. So I know we actually had like a timeline that we were going to talk about something that was actually on the timeline today. Well, this this just in, um, everybody has COVID. Like everybody has COVID. Every fucking body. <laughs> I, has I feel COVID. it. I feel it. You know, I feel I, it. Okay. I haven't been tested, but I probably have it. Yeah. So I, and, what, and the I, first thing that comes to mind when you when you said that was I was thinking of the 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 Team America movie is like everyone's got AIDS 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 AIDS. <laughs> oh god. Um, no everybody everybody has COVID. See, what was awesome and, about South Park was I got cancer, right at, right around the same time that episode came out where they were like oh AIDS isn't cool anymore you got a cancer is cool. Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and it, it, so, I, and I, so I, <laughs> so I came up with this whole thing because being that everybody's getting, I mean, everybody's getting, I kind of feel like for me, these new variants that are coming out, I kind of feel like they're Las Vegas because I've never been to Vegas before, but all my friends have. You've never and been to Vegas? Me I either. I on a layover and that's, that doesn't count. You could see the strip from McCarran's airport, but I've never been outside in Vegas, so I had like a 90-minute layover, so I don't technically count that as ever being to Vegas. Yeah. But I kind of feel that with all my friends going 
to Vegas. Oh, I'm sorry, getting the coronavirus. I kind of feel like. I kind of feel yeah, I like you know what. It right now is the perfect time to make your first trip to Vegas. I just find it hard to believe that as well traveled as you are, that's not a stop you've made. You I would, would think you've think been to Vegas to do comedy at least. Have, well, yeah, thank you. You would think that, but you know, I don't have management, so um, and I'm very poor at making decisions whenever I go traveling to do comedy. Uh, um, I'll be your new manager. I mean, You're going to Vegas. <laughs> And uh, so I kind of feel like with all my friends going to Vegas and have the coronavirus, I kind of feel like it's only going to be a matter of time before I book that flight. Is, you know what I mean? So <laughs> because, is it a requirement to have corona before you go to Nevada? <laughs> no. I'm convinced no. that every – I mean, so I did – You I, can I, come I to these, Vegas, but you need to have the virus first. So with, he's already had the virus. Okay, let's get this straight. He's with, already had it, so now that excuse is out of the way. I don't understand why, as a grown ass man that is in his, his his age that you are, that you haven't been to Vegas. As thanks for tuning into another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal, Marianne, and cousin Todd. Be sure to check them out on all their social medias at not about you pod